0: Hey, Sales of Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today I have Penelope Yamauchi on the podcast. Hey, Penelope, how are you doing today?
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. I'm really grateful to be able to chat with you today.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you today. Penelope, for y'all that don't know, is a partnerships account executive at Vendition. She is extremely passionate about giving people with diverse backgrounds, opportunities to break into tech sales. And today we are going to be talking about LinkedIn, which is an extremely important part of any sales rep or sales leaders repertoire. Penelope, how have you been using LinkedIn? What do you think is most effective? What have you seen work for you?
1: Absolutely. Tyler, I know that a lot of your audience members are both sales leaders as well as individual contributors. And when you look at LinkedIn, you should think about your profile head to toe as having every little portion filled out so that when your buyer takes a look at your LinkedIn profile, they can figure out exactly how you add value to their business. And so I know we'll get into the details of this, but starting with the aesthetic, the way your LinkedIn profile is represented, how you engage and then how you actually pattern interrupt when you're engaging with your prospects while you're actually sending those messages, LinkedIn videos and voice memos. So there's a lot of different ways that I use it. And then also the importance of consistent content and creation is so vital to the success of generating that revenue, booking meetings, closing deals.
0: Yeah, I love that. Do you think it should be the sales leader or company's responsibility to give best practices for some of their reps' individual profiles? Or do you like it better when those individual reps are making it their own? What do you think works best?
1: I love this question. I actually just helped one of our Vendition apprentices with a complete LinkedIn makeover. And there are a couple key things that the company can actually provide for each of their new members as a part of the onboarding. So you want to make sure that you give them some content to actually put on there. So starting with the cover photo, something that's exactly measured 1920 by 1080 for that LinkedIn cover photo. Then you've got your actual profile photo. So giving recommendations, you should be looking straight at the camera. You should have a nice, clear photo. It shouldn't have other friends or buddies in the photo <laughs> as well. And then when it comes to actually the headline, a lot of people put their title in their headline, but in their headline, you should actually be stating the intention and the value that you add to your buyer. Something you're passionate about that ties to the value you add to your buyer. Below that is actually something that a lot of folks don't actually pay attention to. And that's a LinkedIn voice memo. So in this guide, it should share a tutorial on how to link a LinkedIn voice memo. And then in the summary, this is where people get stuck the most. First and foremost, teach them where they even find the edit button to add their summary. Mm-hmm. Once they're adding their summary, say, hey, a little bit about you, a little bit about the value you bring through the company as an SDR, and then maybe a call to action about how they can get in touch with you. In that same exact tutorial for the onboarding process, you can also give them what should be included underneath your company on the LinkedIn profile. So from there, just a quick tutorial, maybe a cover photo, some recommendations for that profile photo. So that way you can say, hey, here's the template I need you to have this done by end of week in your first onboarding week.
0: 100%. Yeah. And I think it's something that needs to be done as soon as possible. Like you said, week one, because you're going to get that person on the phone, you're going to have them start being a representative of the organization. And you want to make sure that's buttoned up. It doesn't still say like open to work or here's where I went to college or here's my last job. You want it to be current because it's a direct reflection on the company, right, Penelope?
1: absolutely and you've seen more and more throughout the pandemic everyone has shifted from doing primarily phone calling and emailing to now everyone's on linkedin even when they're not working they're on linkedin checking out content events following up and if you can capture their attention by being professional buttoned up from day one you don't have to worry about it anymore you can work on consistently building that content in your brand
0: yeah and it seems like the profile and just having that buttoned up is almost the baseline it's a necessity you want to do that very early on, make sure that it looks and feels great, have all those sections that you mentioned ironed out. But from there, what's the next step? Okay, I've got my profile in place, which is a must, the foundation, where should I go from there?
1: Yeah. So everyone, um, if you're a manager listening or an individual contributor, look at what your C-suite is actually unleashing on LinkedIn. What are the relevant articles and blogs that they're posting about that you could also share and begin to add value? It doesn't always need to be provoking thought leadership that you're advising the same community to follow what you follow. You can start with the C-suite. How are they adding value? How are they sharing? What you're going to see is that you'll immediately move away From that fear of not getting enough engagement so sometimes the c-suites just has that consistency they don't have as much engagement but they're educating their buyer on how they add value so think about that first and foremost Then I actually want you to team up with some of your SDRs or if you're an SDR manager, maybe you're getting the team together and start with baby steps, okay? Start with an intention to begin to cultivate an idea session around posting on LinkedIn. Maybe the next week there's a calendar invite for when everyone's going to be posting. What I find is that posting on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays in the morning in your specific geo is likely gonna be most effective for that algorithm and for that engagement. And then once you actually get them comfortable posting on LinkedIn, then maybe you move away from the company-driven content to insights that you provide, videos that you want to release, short snippets. I know that, Tyler, you do a lot of surveys to your community, and people get to click the different options. There's so many effective ways to do it. It's just all about the consistency. In addition to thinking about creating your own content and having this consistency amongst those posts, maybe you start with one a week, then maybe you move to two a week, and then you're starting to do two a week, but then left and right, you've got a creative thought. I always have my best ideas when I'm in nature or when I'm working out. So as soon as I'm getting back from that hike or actually in the middle of that workout, I'm writing the idea on my notes about what I could potentially post on LinkedIn. And then you want to make sure that you're communicating with the buyer persona that you're actually going after. So if you are selling to CTOs or engineers or sales leaders or marketing leaders, you want to make sure that you're researching relevant articles of the top people on LinkedIn that are in that specific sector. So you can go on Google and say, who are the top diversity and inclusion leaders in the Bay Area? They give you a list of 50 people from an article and you're sending every single person on that note, a note, and you're hitting that follow button. You're following them on LinkedIn. You're hitting that connection request. And the reason that we do this is to be able to cultivate the algorithm, the engagement, so that your engagement is now going to show up on the engagement of other people alike that you're actually going after. That consistency with those thought leaders, all of a sudden. you start to realize your engagement's picking up, your profile, your posts are showing up on other people's pages. When you're reaching out to folks with a personalized note on LinkedIn, wow, they're actually seeing that you're engaged with their same leaders and communities. And they say, okay, I understand you're reaching out to me because you work with these other people. Mm -hmm. So in addition to that, consistency, engagement, and then once you have those people in your community, Tyler, I know you do a great job of this encourage people to engage by tagging. What are your thoughts on this? What do you think about this? You're also commenting on those thought leaders posts because now they're showing up on your feed and you're following them. And that will really begin to kick in. And in a number of time, in addition to that, if you're somebody who only has 183 LinkedIn connections, start with downloading the app on your phone. We all know that those suggested connections will start to pop up. And anyone that's relevant to your buyer, your community, or the intention that you wanna do in the world, begin to add them start to get those numbers up. It's not just about numbers. It's about the engagement. So if you can do those two things simultaneously, that's great. So that's a starting point for LinkedIn. And I'll further dive into how we can actually begin to get creative with our outreach in LinkedIn. But yeah, those are just some initial thoughts about how to begin cultivating that engagement
0: hundred percent. A lot of great stuff to unpack there, building that library of content when you're out and you get that inspiration. I think that's important. There's even scheduling tools out there that you can use to schedule those in advance if you don't have that time during the week. So look into those. And I love the idea of writing with your persona in mind. A follow-up question there, Penelope, is let's say that I don't have a lot of experience in that specific industry or I don't know a lot about that persona. How do I get started or get involved in that industry so that I can build that awareness and that knowledge and know what would be relevant for that person I'm trying to target?
1: I love this question. So you want to start, uh, most companies have customer success stories or case studies on their website where you can actually pull from those case studies. When I'm helping candidates prepare for an interview, I often have them first look at the case studies because they can immediately see how their product adds value to a plethora and a diversity of different partners. So as you're thinking about pulling those case studies, you can start to tie the connection between the two and then begin to add value that way. And really make an announcement about one of these success stories of your partners. We saw that X company was able to benefit from using this part of our product. Such a successful win. What are the thoughts? What other things are you all using out there? Creating that engagement and that call to action at the end of it to promote some thoughtfulness around the responses.
0: Yep. I love that. So after we start building this muscle where we've got our profile, we're starting to build that we're posting ourselves and starting to build our network on LinkedIn, what are some of those kind of next level, where where would you go from there? How can you really start to use LinkedIn once you've got the basics down and you really wanna start to cultivate new leads, new opportunities, For your own pipeline, how do you get to that point? Because obviously all of the sales reps and sales leaders out there want new leads and want opportunities to get in the pipeline. So how can LinkedIn help actually get opportunities in there?
1: Yeah. So I'm actually going to speak first to how we can elevate the content that we're placing with consistency. I know that for me personally, I'm reaching out to heads of talent, people who are overseeing human resources, sales leaders, sometimes marketing, and their goal is to hire on SDRs. So whoever it is that you're reaching out to, think about the ways that you add value to your partner and consider how you could potentially release consistent content or create a theme within your company that will help add value to that buyer persona. For me personally, I really a weekly series called the Candidate Spotlight, where we're interviewing SDR candidates who are willing and able to get a job offer. And they're going through our program currently. This is something that as a sales rep was not part of my job. I wanted to create the series from scratch. One of my idols, Beck Collins, who many of us know very well, we're like... The reason and the way that you continue to get this engagement on LinkedIn is by having a consistent theme of something you post and you add value every single week. So whatever that is for you, think about from a long shot, what could a year version of you look like right now? And how could you maybe potentially take action on that right away, even if it's something that's not being done within your company, because you can present that and showcase how it will generate ROI. Now, further adding to that, when we actually reach out to folks on LinkedIn, I know that a lot of folks are sending personalized email, they're maybe placing their LinkedIn connection request, they're viewing the LinkedIn profile, they're pulling specifics from that profile. In the actual personalized LinkedIn request, I like to have a fine balance of I notice you, I appreciate something you did or something that you accomplished and a little bit of a nudge about the reason I'm reaching out, but not so much that I'm actually trying to sell them. And that has to go into a short 300 words, as you know, Tyler, when you're sending a personalized LinkedIn connection request. I don't have as much luck with in-mail. So I primarily focus on the personalized requests. Mm-hmm. And in that message alone, I'll, I'll maybe have some playful banter about something that I pulled from their title, their LinkedIn profile, their feature, their content. And if not, I'm going to the actual company and looking at their core values and tying their core values into that message and how it might be important to them. Then once they accept your LinkedIn connection request, please, please, please try your best not to respond with written words. I want you to all, all of you leaders out there, if you're not doing this already with your teams or your individual contributors, pattern interrupt your next response, whether or not they reply with either a LinkedIn voice memo or a LinkedIn video. You can only do the LinkedIn voice memo and the LinkedIn video on the LinkedIn app. So if you have your app open, what you're going to do is you're going to search for the person that you want to reach out to that just accepted you into their actual network. They have to be a network member now in order for you to send this voice memo or this LinkedIn video. Then you hit the message button, and it gives you an option to do a voice memo or a video. You click that voice memo button, you record your voice memo, you check it out, and then you go ahead and press send. But this usually includes something along the lines of, thank you so much for accepting me into your LinkedIn network, Tyler. As I mentioned before, I really admire that not only are you a coach, but you're also a podcast host, and you provide so much value with your consistency in your LinkedIn posts. And hey, again, I know I'm reaching out to you completely unannounced and cold here, but I noticed that you have some SDR openings within Vendition. And I was curious to learn how that's going. If I might be able to help either way, thank you so much for checking out this voice memo. Same thing goes with video and it's all about practice. You might practice video 300 times before you send your LinkedIn video. you got to start flexing that muscle. Just like when you're working out, when you do it a little bit every day, it builds, 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 and you become more confident. When you're making a video, you might want to share with them how long the video is going to be. Hi, Tyler. This is going to be about a 45 second video. I know I'm reaching out to you completely unannounced. I'm not sure if you've gotten one of these videos before, but loved your podcast, especially the episode with X, Y, and Z. Move on, move on, move on, and yeah. a little call to action. People will be blown away. Thank you for the personalization this really stood out amongst the other messages in my profile.
0: Yep, 100%. And I think that's the key, is that not a lot of people are taking the time to do this. And it might be because they don't want to, it might be because they're nervous, they're scared to send a voice message or video message. But like you said, you need to get some reps. I tell SDRs this all the time, you've got to get reps practicing, Mm -hmm. role-playing that cold call, role-playing that message, role-play the LinkedIn video or voice message, role-play it with your buddies, role-play it on your phone 30 times and they don't have to see you screwing up. We started this podcast and I mispronounced your name and then we both started dying laughing, but that's not (laughs) what ends up in the world because we just stopped and we tried again. So what you release to the world or to that prospect doesn't have to be the first at bat. certainly can be. One take Charlie is great, but that's not all Always going to happen. So.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think with LinkedIn video, I was just actually speaking with our sales team about this. And mm-hmm. there were two key objections that came up. One, if LinkedIn sending regular notes and emailing and cold calling has always worked for me, why would I do this? The number one reason why is I asked them, wouldn't you like your LinkedIn profile to be booking meetings for you while you're sleeping? And that's what happens for me every single week. So, in addition to the metrics that you're hitting and your KPIs, consider how if you actually build this consistency, the meetings are then all of a sudden going to start to cultivate for you. In addition to that, the other objection they had is that it's out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to think about that listening right now. Is that cold calling is out of everyone's comfort zone, right, Taylor? Yes. And it's in job it description. Be. You don't get it should job be. Yeah. unless yeah, unless you cold call. So all of a sudden now LinkedIn, I believe one day, maybe five years from now, posting on LinkedIn and having a LinkedIn brand will be a part of the SDR job description. Mm. So consider how you're actually getting ahead of the game by starting now. And if you had that mindset and that mentality of this is actually a part of my KPIs and my job description, you would be a lot less averse to stepping outside of your comfort zone, just like you are when you're cold calling. And you can actually take it a step further with LinkedIn video and start to create your videos on TikTok. I know we have a lot of Gen Z and millennials breaking into the SDR role. So Mm -hmm. I actually, the way that I get rid of the TikTok logos stick is I just create, I upload TikTok. I upload the green screen. I put a screenshot of the prospects LinkedIn profile or the message that I sent to them. I shrink my face towards the bottom left-hand corner. And then I speak to them while I'm pointing at their profile, just like you would on Loom video or Vidyard recording. And then I go ahead and crop it out and I send it. It takes me two minutes.
0: Yeah, I know. I love TikTok. I don't personally use it a lot, but in terms of creating video content, there's no better platform than TikTok and just ease of use and getting those videos created and then using them wherever you want to. So highly recommend TikTok for creating those videos, just like Penelope just mentioned.
1: Yes, and if you publish your videos, you could actually make them private. Nobody, okay. not necessarily wanting to be a TikTok star, just creating them for the- outreach. So Some folks out no there might want to
0: be a TikTok star. I mean, yeah, if you I, if you're in sales I, and you're a TikTok star, it could be a win-win. So. Oh
1: my gosh! Yeah, I know. One day I'll finally release those videos where I loop in R and B and rap songs and try to make the lyrics to the SDR. We're all waiting. Not- <laughs> We're all waiting. We're all waiting
0: patiently. So. <laughs> awesome. So now that someone has taken the steps of doing the profile. They're starting to do outreach. They're doing these pattern interrupts. They're using video. They're using some of the voice messages. You should be standing out at this point. Your profile looks great. You should be building more connections, building that thought leadership. What's next from there, Penelope?
1: Yeah. So in in addition to continuing to build this brand on LinkedIn, reaching out to people and being creative, you want to make sure that you're constantly leveling up. Set some goals that you have in mind. I know that I'm nowhere close to this goal right now, but I want to be one of the most influential women of color in sales on LinkedIn. And I know that every single day I'm striving towards that goal by getting creative and promoting, being a moderator on different communities and everything that I've done on LinkedIn outside of my specific role has fed into these leadership positions within these sales communities that I'm now part of. And I'm eternally grateful for that because the bigger stage that you get on, the more people you can influence, inspire, and actually get them to take action right away. I know that when I first met Beck Holland, she was doing these little breakout sessions with 30 people in the room in San Francisco and just encouraging people to come through pizza. And mm-hmm. she was far beyond where I was when I started on LinkedIn. And I've noticed that just with her nudge, her encouragement, and that consistency is that I'm so far beyond where I was just just a year and a few months ago. So Mm -hmm. please set some goals in mind for how you're going to influence. Because if you look at people that I follow, like Kyle Coleman, who is, has this level of consistency and eloquence with his LinkedIn posts, he's now getting approached by every single speaker series and opportunity for that engagement. And when you can be a thought leader in the space that you're in now, all of a sudden you're a marketable candidate in any arena that you want to be in and all those doors come open to you. So set high goals and then set expectations to inspire those around you who are actually within your company who are more junior in their LinkedIn outreach.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. I think the best time to start and have started doing all this on LinkedIn is five years ago. The second best time is today. So if you haven't already started, start today because you never know where you'll be a week from now, a month from now, a few years from now. It really does build on top of each other and, and it can be the foundation for a lot of opportunities in your career, both like within your organization and external just for your own professional development. So such an inspiring message, Penelope. And I love that story that you tell about how you have become a thought leader. Your aspirations are to become a thought leader in the sales space, um, being a woman of color and knowing that's an underrepresented group. Tell us a little bit more about that. How has that journey gone and what have you learned? Who have you met? What are some of the experiences you've had as you've gone on that own personal journey?
1: Yes, thank you so much. So actually growing up a swimmer my whole entire life since I was 5 years old we always competed with the boys in the pool and oftentimes before they get to the 14-15 age group stage the women were the ones dominating the men. And so <laughs> I had that mentality and the same thing went when we were in college and practice because they would lift a lot more weights and they wouldn't be able to go as fast in practice. And so I always had that mentality as of equality. It wasn't until after I left the competitive swimming stage that I realized maybe there's a little bit less equality in the workplace or less representation in sales and in sports where I started out my career. And so that really gave me the stage to say, okay, if I have the confidence right now to go out there and put myself out there and inspire other people to walk in my shoes, because I already feel this level of confidence, I wanna inspire other people to do the same. And because I've gotten more comfortable of stepping into these shoes as a woman of color in sales and an Asian woman of color in sales Mm -hmm. at that, I think it's really inspiring for others not only to look to that, but also to say, once I do get to this point of inspiration and I influence somebody, how can I take a step back and thank the other people who've helped me? So because of this mindset that I've taken, at least in the outreach on LinkedIn and and posting content, I've cultivated so many relationships with folks whose podcasts I should know have no business being on, (laughs) who have relationships with people who I stalk them. I fangirl them on their podcasts that they're listening to and now have these amazing friendships, Larry Long Jr., Maria Bross to name a couple of them. And I'm so grateful that because of these relationships and the constantly showing up to these different panels and events and adding value, but not asking for a lot. Now I can continue towards that stage of inspiring others to do the same. So actually about three to five hours per week, I invest in mentoring other people who reach out to me on LinkedIn, folks who are interested in breaking into the SDR role, people who are having a tough time in their career transition, who are not as creative and out there on LinkedIn, but want to be. I do invest that time and I hope everyone listening takes the time to invest in others. A lot of you have children, your responsibilities at work and everything else going on, but if you can take that half an hour a week to mentor somebody who doesn't expect you to help them, it could be life-changing for them.
0: You're such an inspiration, Penelope. How can folks find you online if they want to learn more about you?
1: Yeah. So the first way they can find me is actually on Instagram. I have a business Instagram account and it's at coach.penelope and Penelope spelled P-E-N-E-L-O-P-E. They can also find me on LinkedIn, Penelope Yamauchi, Penelope Yamauchi is a long and hard one to find, but there aren't a lot of other ones out there. And I'm with Vendition. So it shouldn't be hard to find. If you do connect with me on LinkedIn, add a note saying you heard this podcast and that you love following Tyler on LinkedIn. Too. <laughs> and then um, on Instagram, shoot me a quick message. I'm always very, very quick to respond. So thank you so much for having me, Tyler.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. We'll include all those links in the show notes. So be sure to connect with Penelope online. Love all of your content. Loved our discussion today. We'll have you back on soon. Thanks so much much, Penelope.
1: Thank you, Tyler.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the T-H-E sales, S-A-L-E-S lift, L-I-F-T dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.